Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome. Today we've got P.T. Penrose, who I would like to introduce you. He is now the researcher, writer and chief of NVTV Blogs. Now, just before we begin, you can subscribe to my new Truth Social channel at Nicholas Veniamin and to nicholasveniamin.com for my free email updates. And if you're watching this for the first time on YouTube, I will leave the link below in the description for the full interview. Unless, of course, myself and P.T. Penrose can choose our words wisely due to the insane censorship that's happening right now. P.T. Penrose, thank you for joining me, sir. How are you and what have you been up to? I'm good. I'm good, Nicholas. Uh, as you know, been trying to get as many blogs out as we can, as much good quality content, um, good quality research, and you know, trying to push that out as much as we can, but also keeping the quality high. So we don't really want to, you know, research a bunch and then send out some information and it's and it's kind of low quality information, not much research behind it, not many links behind the research that can back up what we're saying because. I feel like in this community, in the truth community, um, it's very, very important, um, especially sometimes for our own sanity, that we have some kind of evidence to fall back on sometimes because it's very easy to get roped into um, almost like your own conspiratorial mindset and then to be kind of brought back to the real reality, not the reality that's pushed on by the media, not the reality that's pushed on by social networking and what people say and what they're influenced to say, but more so your own reality in your own mind, which is something I feel like, or, or that's what I'm aiming to do with these blogs is to enhance people's real lives. I want people to walk past, you know, shops and, or even when they're in, uh, a supermarket, they see some fruit. I want them to think twice and think, well, hold on. Why do we have certain fruits all year round when these fruits don't grow all year round? Like what's happening? Why do all the strawberries look the same in this packet? You know, that's not natural. So what's going into that kind of embedding that, that questioning, because I think that living a good life is, is uh, solely dependent on answering or questioning good questions. Good questions lead to a good life. And I think that's what these blogs are, are trying to do with the viewers and with the readers. 
absolutely. And and I'm so grateful to have you to do these um NV, you know, the NVTV blogs. Um, and I th- I think it's a very important part because there are a large minority of viewers out there who don't, they can't hear, they're deaf. And I've read some of the comments and some of my videos, they lack subtitles. Um, so you know, there's a, a large minority who prefer to read. So now we're tackling a new audience where we can provide, you know, information that's been restricted um, from the mainstream media. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know what? It's it's always nice to help as many people as you can. And I think a lot of people also are benefiting from this that, you know, they're not deaf. So the deaf people for sure, but small things like having earphones on when you're walking, um, you know, it kind of distracts you from what's going on around you. Whereas if you've just got a blog that you read for one minute or two minutes, cause that's the aim is to have it quite short, short digestible information that someone within two minutes can read. And then rather than spending an hour listening to this piece of information, they can spend two minutes reading the information and then 58 minutes digesting the information. That's kind of the goal of uh, the contents within the blocks. Absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your passion um, with blogs? Because I understand that you've been quite aware of, of you know, you know the, the things that are going around the world for a very long time with the corruption, with everything that's going on. So. How did you first get into it? What was your experience like coming across this information? I think we both know we need to be very careful with the wording that we use uh, in this conversation. So I'm going to try and keep it very digestible, but so that it doesn't get it doesn't get flagged. Um, my experience was so I, I was a Shaolin disciple. That was kind of my background. When I was 13 years old, I decided to become a Shaolin disciple. Um, I shaved my head, I wore robes, I trained in martial arts and Shaolin. And my coach at the temple was very much awake, but not in, not in the typical sense, in the sense that he was totally removed from kind of everything to do with modern society, was removed from social media, um, was removed from a lot of what we eat. So, you know, he never ate bread, never ate pasta. Um, he was he was vegan, but in not in a, a processed food vegan way. You know, he was very, he had a very good physique and he was very smart and intellectual. And he opened my eyes to a lot of things because, you know, he didn't go to university, he didn't study, and yet, he had more wisdom and knowledge to provide me than my teachers at school. And that was the first light bulb that went off in my mind of, well, what went wrong here? Because when you're young, you kind of just listen to what the media tell you, what people around you tell you. And I was valuing at 13, 14 years old, going to university and becoming educated. And inherently those people were smarter than those that didn't. And that was the first light bulb of something's not quite right here. And the more that he explained business to me, a Shaolin monk was explaining business to me better than business teachers in school. He was explaining maths to me in such a way that the way I interpreted numbers was different than what maths teachers were teaching me. And so there was this whole weird matrix at the temple that seemed to be enhanced by the fact that it was removed from everything society had built. So after that, you start questioning well, what have I been taught versus what is real and what is reality? 
like reality isn't a destination. It's more, it's more of a path you go down. You never reach the end. You never reach hundred percent truth because we all see the world through different eyes. We can all see the color red, but we all see different shades of red. But as long as we're in agreement that that is the truth, that it is red, that's how we're defining that color. That's what matters. And that's what the truth community provided me. That's what you provided me with, because I thought I was going a little bit crazy, you know, 10 years, 15 years of straight research and looking at the corruption, looking at history, and then it not really matching up with other things that were going on around in the world. One of the things that really struck me was about Hitler in one of the blogs about how he didn't die in 1945. Well, why were we told that if it wasn't 100% true? It's because they wanted 100% of the people to believe that. Why? why? Why would that be the case? And then from there, it escalates onwards. I even went to CERN. I was 19 years old. I went to CERN and the entire atmosphere, I'm not sure if any of your viewers have been to CERN, but they'll know what I'm talking about if they have. The atmosphere is very unusual. It's very, it doesn't feel very warm. It doesn't feel like a typical science facility. It feels very enclosed. It feels like, not that they're hiding something, but they're very, everyone seems very on edge. And again, that played on my mind because I enjoy physics. I enjoyed learning about physics. But why was my interpretation of what CERN should have been, which was this amazing science facility that should encourage people to want to uh, you know, study physics and the nature of reality, why did it seem to be doing the opposite of that? Did it not want people involved? Did it not want people there? You know, they didn't want you going to certain places in the facility. It was just very unusual, but that, that was kind of my journey. It went from Shaolin monk to then doing my own research, going into physics and maths and history and listening to real professionals, what I would consider real professionals. I wouldn't consider someone that's studied history, a real professional. I would consider someone that's gone out there and researched on their own terms. Someone like Graham Hancock, who went to ancient Egypt, who looked at the Sphinx, looked at the water corrosion on the Sphinx. You know, people that have gone there and realized, oh, this doesn't date back to ancient Egypt. Not because they read it in a book, but because they physically went there. And the more people I started reading about that had done things like that, the more people I started listening to, the more you realize everything was just a lie. Absolutely. We know the education system is massively infiltrated and controlled by the Rockefellers. It's a washing, you know, a, 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 a washing machine, uh, a brainwashing machine. That's what it is. Exactly. Um, it's it's a, for an example, it's a bit like you go and learn medicine, for an example, and you say you say certain words that you can cure something which we're not allowed to say. Doctors are not allowed to say that because their their licenses will be stripped away from them because they're supposed to learn how to you know about medicine because that's where the money is to generate um medicine for for pharma to create more customers which is a 5 trillion dollar company so we learn to benefit the elites um and they suppress information that doesn't benefit the elites like our history um so you done a a very interesting blog um, the other a few weeks back um, to do with quantum entanglement. Would you like to tell us more about what that is? Yeah, I'm going to try and keep it as digestible as possible for people that do not have a physics background. So quantum entanglement 
is effectively when if you have two particles, two subatomic particles that come close together, they don't quite touch, but they come in very close proximity. So they don't interact with each other in a physical sense. They don't uh, kind of blow up. They don't move towards each other, touch each other, move away. They, they're just very, very close together. And they start almost like circling around each other and they become something called entangled. Now, what this means is if you take one to one side of the universe, one particle to the other side, whatever you do to one will directly impact the other one. And so scientists have known about this for almost 100 years. Nikola Tesla knew about it way before Einstein, and he would discuss it 30 years before Einstein and before other uh, physicists would almost show it in their uh, classrooms at universities, would discuss it, would do research about it. And the idea was, could we, if we teleport information from one to another, which is what you're doing when you change its state, how far can you take that? Could you teleport things? Because an atom is still a thing. We're all made up of atoms. So can we entangle a billion or a trillion particles, split them apart, and you have a billion of those particles, a billion of them are somewhere else, and then teleport between the two? And that was the theory. Is it possible? And scientists in the Canary Islands successfully teleported photons, which is the particle of light. They teleported light from one place to another on the Canary Islands. Now, we don't know how far this research goes because it's almost gone a little bit quiet. There's not much news that comes out about it, but you would think that something that's this phenomenal, something that's this quick, it's instantaneous. There's there's no time delay. There's no uh, drag in time between the information. If I send you a text message, it still takes time to come to your phone. It goes up to the satellite and comes back down. But if we had quantum entangled particles or phones, I could immediately teleport information directly to your phone with no time lag. This is amazing information and information that people, most people, cannot even understand these types of concepts. It's really amazing and, and very suppressed. Um, but, you know, um, now, when you write a blog, what type of, where do you do your research to find, to find this information? Everywhere. I, I will research uh, old videos. If it's something to do with government, I will look at the FBI vault. I will look at declassified documents. I will read them. The, on, on the Hitler one, there was like almost 200 pages on just one of their declassified documents. And I read through almost half of them. And they're not easy to read because a lot of them were handwritten letters. We're talking about the 1940s and 50s. So it would depend on the nature of the blog. And because this is my passion, because I enjoy it so much, my passion guides me to what I write next. I don't sit and think, what should I write about next? What would people want to uh, read next? What would people benefit from? It's all my passion and then expressing my passion to other people that enjoy free information because we're not censored on NVTV blogs. Whereas if I was to put this information on Facebook or as you know, on Instagram, uh, that immediately gets flagged. Anything about COVID or anything that doesn't fit their narrative will immediately get flagged, blocked. You will get shadow banned and people that would usually enjoy that information, won't get to enjoy it. And this is why we've created this platform. This is why you've given me this opportunity to write on NVTV blog so we can spread this awareness. And the way in which I go about it is I'll have an idea. I'll have a question. Like I said at the start of the interview, it all starts with a good question. I'll have a question. 
why am I waking up with a headache, as an example? Why am I waking up with a bellyache, no matter what I eat the night before, what I drink, or even if I just water fast? What, what is the issue? And then it develops from there. So instead of looking at what the mainstream media would say, and the easiest way to see what the mainstream media would say is to Google it. If you Google something, immediately what's going to come up is what fits the narrative. So what sometimes I do is I'll Google it to see what the mainstream media is saying and then research the opposite and see if I can find any evidence to do with the total opposite of what the narrative is. And if there is sustainable evidence there, it usually means something is being hidden. Absolutely. I interviewed a a gentleman, actually, who was a Google engineer, um, and he came on the show and he done a uh, screen share and showed me um, the blacklist of, you know, the blacklist that he had from Google. And it was showing everything about, you know, cures and protests and everything to do with Trump and everything good um, that or, or something that's called conspiracy theories. They were all actually true and suppressed away, you know, Seriously. to do with censorship, to do with, the, you know, the globalist elites funding um, large amounts of money to um, to create a protest so that people can think, well, this is what the people want. So we should be doing this to manipulate. Um, you know, it's absolutely terrible. And it's absolutely right with what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, they're in control, right? Google is effectively trying to play God. And with the new piece of, of uh, news that came out just today, actually, where the Democratic House were talking about how DNA can be used against the American people, where DNA, where having someone's DNA, you can create something that can kill just them and no one else. And in 2007, Google bought a controlling interest in 23andMe, which is a company that takes people's DNA and it matches you from around the world to show you, okay, you're from Italy, uh, 20% of your blood is from France, et cetera, et cetera. And that's how they marketed it. And it turns out that the founder of 23andMe ended up marrying one of the co-founders of Google. Now, why do Google need your genetic information? Why do they need to know your genetic code? What are they planning in their minds to buy a company for the sole? Because the only thing that company has is people's data, which is where they live, which Google pretty much has anyway, where they live, but also something that no one else really has, which is the genetic information and DNA. Why do they need that? What is the purpose behind that? And what have they been working on for the last 15 years since they acquired or since they bought an interest in 23andMe? What is it that they're planning to do? And what I heard, again, I I have no evidence for this. This is just what I heard from my sources, is what they're doing is they have, if they take some of your blood, they freeze it so that if you do it 15 years ago, your blood would be 15 years younger. And what they want to do is when you're 60 or 70, they're going to market to you an anti-aging uh, like technology based off of the blood that they froze from you from when you were 20 years old. And that's their end goal. Wow. I had no idea about this. This is, I'm learning from you. <laughs> it's amazing. But PT Penrose, it's been an absolute honor to have you. Thank you so much. And I'm so proud to have you on board doing the NVTV blogs. It's amazing. And I'm learning too. And it's great. And I want to let the viewers know that I will be putting 
your Truth Social link below in the description. Um, and also, you know, the blog site, NVTV blog, so that people can have a read and have a look and subscribe as well. So we'll keep you posted with notifications. Um, but PT, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to the viewers before we finish? First of all, I want to say thank you, Nicholas, for everything. Uh, secondly, to the viewers, I want to encourage all of you to interact with me. Uh, I want you guys to follow me on Truth Social and ask me questions or send me messages or send me photos and videos of things that you might think is a little bit strange or weird and you want me to investigate or research. I, I, I want to encourage that kind of interaction between me and you guys that really enjoy reading the blogs because then something that you enjoy, I could research about, find something out, and then you know thousands and thousands of other people could also enjoy. So that's, that's the last thing I want to say. There's also one more thing, actually. Um, on the... On the back of NVTV blogs, one of the last pages that we created was an opportunity for whistleblowers who are not comfortable with, with showing their faces or coming on to the show to do an interview. And would you like to explain what we're offering for them? Yes. Yeah, so for people who have a story about an experience that they had that maybe no one else around them believed them. They told their friends, their family, and they made them feel a bit crazy, or maybe they even endured it with them, but anyone else that they told the story to, they just didn't believe them. We have facilitated a platform where other people can hear you. You know, I want people to send us their stories. We've got a few whistleblower blogs out there, and people seem to enjoy that. And the people who are behind those stories are appreciative that we're spreading awareness. And yeah, I want to encourage people that if you have a story or you're a whistleblower and you want people to hear your story and what you experienced or what your family experienced, please get in contact with us. Info uh, at nvtvblogs.com. Lovely. Thank you very much, PT Penrose. And we'll speak again very soon. God bless you. Thank you, Nick.